This is the Nomad Futurist Podcast, a podcast about the evolution of technology, society, and transformation. Connect with us, share your thoughts with us at nomadfuturist.com. Let's get this started. Here are Phil and Nabil. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Nomad Futurist Podcast. This is your co-host, Nabil Mahmood from Kona, Hawaii. This is your co-host, Philip Koblenz from Montclair, New Jersey. This is Allison Owen, and I'm in Dallas, Texas. I wish I was in Hawaii. Yeah. Thank well, you for saying that you don't wish you were in New Jersey, Mike. That was a, <laughs> that was a stake to the heart. My God. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, you're welcome anytime, Allison. I wish I, wish I, was, in, I wish I was in Hawaii also. I, I'll admit it. Yeah. For starters, I want to congratulate you for being the top 25 women in technology. Thank you. Look at you. We're, you're and um, your grace there's more royalty in this world <laughs> i know i had somebody walk up to me back in austin they said oh it's the queen of immersion cooling i said it's ambassadress get it right next time ambassadress <laughs> oh my god ambassadress. Yeah, that, i like that that sounds very royal it sounds very monarchish we'll go with that the ambassadress of immersion cooling thank you very much for taking the time to join us today allison before we get started Let's get to know you a little bit. Tell us a, a little bit about yourself. What do you do? Oh, goodness gracious. That's a big thing to unpack. Yeah, I just 28 years in the data center industry gives me a lot of gives me a, a lot of conversation. I can tell you that. But it's been amazing. I've just enjoyed it so much. Personally, I have seven children and nine grandchildren. So you just tell me what part you want. I have, I have dogs. Uh, cannoli. I guess they do say it's always bigger in Texas, but I didn't realize it applied to the family, the number of dogs, the number of grandchildren. Yep. Uh, my first my first question is, do you own a television set? I don't. I oh, my God. Seven children, two, and I can't imagine another one. Uh, so, so there is a story there, but three are. I'm sure there is. <laughs> I can imagine probably seven of them. There's a lot of stories in there. No, but uh, yeah, three are stepchildren. I've been with my husband for 30 years, but he started very young. And then three are our biological children. And then we have an adopted son. So this is, a, this is modern day, modern day Brady Bunch. It's the Bowen Bunch. The Bowen Bunch. I love it. Uh, I don't know. Wow. The 27 you years, had us a hello. 27, yeah, 27 years. Is it 27? 27 years in, in the data center business is, is a long time. The, uh, did you always want to be in, in our industry? How did, how did that come to pass? Oh, let's see. So, by the way, I consider myself the OG of the DC. Get it? Oak. OG of the DC. I think. Okay. I think we have. I think we have our podcast title. Yeah. And to answer your question, no. Went to college with and got. We're all so confused when we go into college, aren't we? And I got a business administration degree. So, what in the world? I thought I was going to do with that. I, and I went minister business. I I was going to administer lots of business, and I went to work for a lawyer. And within a year, I decided how much I loathed that gig. So I left business administration, whatever that means. And I, I kind of set on a path. I, I sold one of my best jobs when I was younger was I sold cell phone. And you have to understand, guys, this would be in like, this was in 1986. The cell phones were extremely expensive, like thousands of dollars. I am 20, 23 years old, out of college. I got a bag phone, which is the time, at the time, like you carried around this phone. 
and you, I went and sold them. It was 32 cents a minute. And I had to sell this to people. I'm picturing like Al, the, Al, the old Al Franken skit from, from Saturday Night Live where he had the satellite dish on his helmet. So I guess it just put me on a path. I love technology and I really love talking to people. I decided I couldn't be hiding in an office. I loved talking to people. Fast forward a couple babies later, met my husband, married a couple babies later. And he actually met my husband is actually a electrical engineer. And he was at the time working in a data center selling Dell Tech UPSs. And these people out there are going to know what that is. You guys, you guys might be a little too young to know what those UPSs are, but I don't know. So it, they were- I will say you still look like the youngest person in this group. So I don't know if you started when you were one year old, but my God, it's either, either, either you're aging incredibly gracefully or I need to go to the doctor. Yeah, my grandmother, I have that to thank for my grandmother. I, I do <laughs> very much appreciate that. A lot of red wine and no stone. Oh, just kidding. <laughs> Okay. Uh, lesson learned. The key to longevity, the fountain of youth exists in a bottle of red wine. That's it. There you go. I'm going to start drinking today. Noted. Noted. It's the truth. So anyway, we decided to form this company, which is Alcatech's Data Center Design and Build. In 1995, I knew absolutely nothing about the data center. Industry. Well, you and the rest of the world in 95. Exactly. He would come home and he would tell me everything he was doing and I would listen and I would absorb and I had babies at home. So I had nothing else to do with my time. And it was, it was awesome. And so we've just rode that out. It's been a beautiful, wonderful ride. I love being in this industry. So. Well, it's kind of an interesting statement. You had nothing to do with the babies. Were yeah. they autonomous or what? <laughs> no, I had no, no other humans to talk to. So he's talking about UPSs and data centers and, and raised floor. And I'm the only thing, the only thing that can make the data center industry interesting is the fact that the alternative is gag, gag, Google. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> It's actually gotten much better than the Gaga Guru. Now we, we, we do have something going on. Yeah, no, it was, but it just kind of happened naturally. I had the business administration degree. I love to talk to people. He knew data centers and it just became like this story and stuff. Yeah. So he was, so he was in, like he was working in data centers before data centers were really like a, a, yeah. a known thing. He was a, an electrical engineer yeah. for data center projects. Yeah, uh, I'll tell you, one of our first customers, and that's 97, 98, it was Rackspace Managed Hosting. They were just a couple of guys, had a, no money, and they came in and Clinton helped them with their first data center. And then they very quickly outgrew us. But we like to tell that story. So fun. fun. No, but... I have, and there's more stories in there that, but we might, yeah, I don't know. We're gonna have to drag. We're gonna have to drag some of those stories out. It sounds like get that yeah, glass of red wine that we were talking about. Yeah, exactly. The truth serum. So, the truth uh, serum. Uh, 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 out of curiosity, why did you end up picking up business administration? You did go to Northeastern. Yeah, I went to a very small college in Oklahoma, and there was not back in 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 the eighties. Everyone was like, "I'm gonna get a communications degree." There, there's like, yeah. So I I was I. Is that how everyone talked in the eighties? Like really deep voice. Like yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Communication. I don't know. So what was your interest as a as a as a as a child? Were you interested in technology? Like I said, the, I think the cell phone situation right. really set me on that. What in the world makes this tick? What makes it work? What all and and I was the girl who couldn't even afford food in her fridge, but and I couldn't afford afford my own phone. So I had a cell phone in my car. 
And if my grandparents wanted to get a hold of me, they would call, my phone would hop, my horn would honk, and I'd have to run outside and answer the phone. So see, bullets, I, I just, I probably, that is what inspired my technology. <laughs> how, how did you pick up the cell phone industry? What drove you to that? I think just out there and they offered me commission and, and I just, I sold it like it was hotcakes. It was great money back then, you guys. And I'm driving around with a bag phone on my shoulder and walking in and selling 32 cents a minute. Can, those bills were, ex- could you imagine? Like, oh, I remember my dad got his first car phone and it was yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. Like you can, you can talk while you're driving. Amazing. You don't have to pay attention to the road anymore. Incredible. I had one. I had one. So, and I was broke, but I didn't have food in my fridge, but I had a car phone, guys. So, yeah. There you go. Those were the days. Status, status symbol of the, of, of the century. So as you got into, so you started this business with your husband with minimal technical knowledge and, and how do you evolve from there? It's, it's, it's probably not the easiest thing in the world to pick up a fairly complicated stuff, not, not, not having much experience with it. I would just read things two and three and four times. And I really just wanted to, to understand and learn. I don't have a technical mind like he does. He's an engineering mind. I have more of a, I, I got to see it and, and, and see it and hear it kind of thing. So I, I back then, of course, the shows that we do, that the AFCON, the 7 by 24 the big shows back then were the iTech shows. Those were a big deal in Dallas. And we'd go there and, and I would be one or like literally maybe 1% of the women that were there on the technical side. Now, there were women there. There were women there, but they weren't being technical. And so I just felt, I just loved it. I really enjoyed being kind of one of the technical women in the group and, and being able to talk about it. So I, it put me on a path to want to learn more. And not something so- and not no, it doesn't. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. I think that's kind of been like a similar journey for all of us. I fell in this space. Yeah. I think Phil fell in the space as pure. But there was no, there was, this wasn't a thing, right? When we were, when we were kids, yeah. I mean, in the, and I was a, a, a child, again, growing up in the eighties, the it's, it, there was it's not like you can say, I want to grow up and be in the data center industry. That wasn't, that wasn't a thing, right? It was a cowboy, firefighter, I don't know, doctor, mechanic, and mechanic. Yeah. So, um, or business administration major, or, business, yeah. or a business administration major, or communications. Obviously, that was the other, <laughs> the other big one. Did, did, so, did you see that as a challenge? Was it a challenge making inroads as a, as as a woman coming into a fairly male dominated? Certainly, at that point, still to a certain extent, it's not uh, it's not as evenly distributed across races and and and, and genders as, as as it should be. Was that was that was that an issue? Did you ever find the challenge with that? I just I'm I'm not I'm rarely intimidated. So no, I just did. You can take the girl out of Texas, but you can't take the Texas out of the girl. Yeah. And usually the guys in the data center industry are always such great guys. They got their pocket protector pen in there. I'm sorry. I've never, I got 28 years and the cliches, cliches are still nerve glasses and pocket protectors. I I could beat up any of those geeks. No problem. I was taller than most of them. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm five nine. So, and put me in a pair of heels. And, oh, well, it, tough to be intimidated by someone who you can beat up, I guess. I guess that's the moral of the story. You no, know, and I enjoy it. And so I'm just kind of loud and I'm kind of tall. And so it was, it's greatness. I love it. But what my worst fear was sounding stupid. So what happens is then when you set your mind to learning something, learning something. And that's 
more than anything, what I want to encourage is, is women or men or whatever. And I'm always trying to encourage all my kids. Don't be afraid to learn something. Don't be afraid to learn something new. Just don't be intimidated to learn. I'm not a technical, I don't have a technical mind. I just wanted to have a technical mind. So I just kind of, I made, I just, I set my mind to do it and I did it. Alison, how has the industry evolved in the last 27 years from your perspective? There wasn't even anything as a co-location data center when we started. And when I first heard colo, I was like, what's a, what's a colo? I, I literally had to be told, what's the cloud? And that was all like, what's the cloud? I, I think I had to be explained that one a couple of times because I was so confused. But really, it, I, I'll tell you, I've, I've used this already a couple of times, but the, that old saying, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain from the Wizard of Oz, right? You guys watch that? So there's, they come in there and he, he's there and the wizard and he's behind the curtain and, and they pull the curtain back and they see him and he's, and he's doing all of his little weird stuff, right? And, and so, and he's making that. I always get that kind of vibe when I think about the data center industry. You can be sitting around talking to friends over drinks that are in, in different industries and you really, they say, what, what do you do? So for 27 years, we're like, we build and design data centers, you know, computer rooms, you know, those places, they're clean, clean rooms. They have a raised floor. You're, I've started using blinky lights a lot. People yeah. like blinky lights. Yeah. That's it, you know. Yeah. You're trying to explain this to people and they just, it goes right over their head most of the time. So I always felt like we were in this really cool club. And if, right, so. Yeah, that's, you've, that's, you've, that's you've certainly have to. After 28 years, you've earned your pocket protector. Yeah, I think that's a very good way of putting that. I mean, I, I, until COVID hit, nobody had any idea what we did for a living. There is, they, they still, they still, they, it, it's gotten much better in terms of people knowing what a computer room is really, but it's, there is, there is, there, there, is, there are times that I refer to this industry as like us and like the civilians, like it's got that almost military type mm -hmm. feeling to it and that you're, you're in the club, you're in the club. Yeah, you know what cloud is because of her phone backs up to the cloud, right? So right. I usually go in, you kind of back up your phone to the cloud. If you say the cloud, if I say to the cloud, if I say the cloud to people, they still look up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's in the ether. <laughs> yeah, it's, in, it's in the ether. Have the apples fallen far from the tree? Yes, actually my son, especially, I have a 23 year old son and he is very interested and he's, he's, he's always been, like he was my, a uh, four-year-old sitting in front of the computer playing World of Warcraft, no joke. And so he he loves the IT, the system integration park. So everything but the IT we've said for years and now he's doing the IT. So I love that. <laughs> so being in the design build and then picking up, I believe what, three and a half years ago, ambassadoress of immersion cooling, what was the driving factor of getting into that particular market segment? So I, Carlton got his DCEP in 2016. That's the Department of Energy. That's a great, wonderful program. And it, it really is very exciting. It's focusing on energy efficiency. It needs a lot of improvements, but it's still a great program. I felt very intimidated and did not take mine until 2020. But at the time, I was introduced to immersion cooling in, in 2014, 2015, and I just thought it was fascinating. It has, had absolutely no place in the data center, but it was fascinating. And everyone's sticking their finger in it. It's just like, and, and so in fact, we took a tank to Vegas in 2014 to AFCON. But I just kind of kept uh, paying attention to it. And in 2018, when we really started seeing the chips and the densities much, much, much 
Potter and, and everything. Everybody was talking about Edge and 5G and all these kind of things. It became like, let, let's take a serious look at this is going to have a place. And about that time, OCP started their own thread, Open to Pute. And I love being involved in all those like-minded. There's a whole liquid cooling, immersion cooling side of OCP. And it's so fun to be in those meetings because it, it really, who knows, everybody asked me to get out. Or, I don't like crystal balls. They're always asking me to, hey, where do you think this is going to land? Single phase, two phase, chassis base, all these coal plate, all these other things. I have no clue. But I love, love, love being here. And there, there has to be something. Something has, is because they're, look at Intel, just doing their own tank and their own open IP that was announced last month. You, the handwriting is on the wall. Their air simply cannot cool after a certain level. And immersion cooling of any sort is an energy efficient, less space, no water. It's the solution that is going to have a play. But for the benefit of listeners that might not know what immersion cooling is, it's literally you're taking the the compute gear and you are putting it into a liquid in order to 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 allow it to cool, which sounds counter to what we've always been told. Everyone, every nobody wants to drop their phone in the in in, in the toilet. We have some experience. We have some experience with it and throw it into a bag of rice immediately in order to dry off the chips and make sure you don't lose any of your TikTok likes or whatever it is uh, kids are doing these days. But it's it, clearly it is it, the way of the future as as we start driving these chipsets harder and harder. What's actually Cray Computer was doing this in the 80s. This is not new technology. Look at transformers. They're cooled with the dielectric fluid that hang along the side of the road for all of us. So it just airs easy, airs cheap, air. So there was, there was a point where it didn't necessarily need to happen. Now we're at that precipice where not every vertical, not it, it it's beyond niche, but not every vertical is going to require some way to cool besides air. It's just, it's going to have to happen. For those of you that don't know what a DCEP is, a data center energy practitioner, was there a particular reason why you actually started focusing on that energy initiative? 2016, energy efficiency in data centers was kind of an oxymoron. There wasn't even a, an energy efficient UPS at the time. So, but... It became kind of a, we were working with waste management actually at the time to do some inter, energy efficient upgrades for on their mechanical side chiller plant. And actually we were able to work with them on that DCEP better business build challenge was actually what it what what's called. They still have that for data center started in 2016. And so it's a really great program. It's just not publicized enough. They kind of encourage, I think that, the U.S. were a little behind on the encouragement of being more energy efficient for the data center. Look at the European market. And those are, there, there's some, a lot of things that they do there that we should pattern after. I just started paying attention to it a little earlier than, than some. And so I love the Department of Energy DCEP program. I think it needs to be more encouraged. More women need to be involved. I think we're like 10% of women at DCEP, which is bad. So, but it's actually much better than it was in 1995. <laughs> we've, we've made, in the industry, you got to give a little kudos. Like we've made, we've made significant okay. progress over the last few years I and think. we need to continue to grow on that. Yeah. We need to get minorities and women in, into the space. 
Uh, like Amy Mark says, it's uh, still male and pale. It is still male and pale. That'll be the final Amy Mark's quote of this. We are focused entirely on the ambassador. The, it, it occurs to me that a lot of people didn't know what the data center industry was, obviously back in 95, because it wasn't a known thing. Now people recognize that we exist when there is an outage. They're like, oh, there must be a place where something bad happened. And, but it's, you know, we only get recognized for downtimes, really. There's not a lot of recognition for, nobody pats, pats us on the back and says, thank you for staying up 99% of the time. It's always like, what happened? What happened? That 1% that matters. It's that 1% that you're only as good as your last envelope. That's what they say in Jersey. So the the question is like, what, what, how do we get the word out? How do we make it more known as an industry that you have, obviously you have the, 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 the energy efficiency element of it. So you want to get the word out and, and get people moving in that direction. But in industry as a whole, to try to get more women involved, more minorities involved, more young people involved, which is the core of our a- initiative. How do, how do we go about doing that? Yeah, I love what, of course, everyone like loves what the iMasons are doing. And, and I'm, I've been working with a couple of different location places who have internships in the colos. I love those. I think it's, it's really important as far as trying to get that transition of pay attention to energy efficiency. That I think falls on the people that are currently running and that whole, that, that, that comment you made. I think we're we're looking at the next generation of the guys in charge are gonna are much more forward thinking when it comes to some of those new technologies and and not not having fear of liquids in the data center. I saw a quote yesterday or a couple of days ago from on I'm on on a Department of Energy uh, working group that is focusing on emerging on on liquid cooling technology, and it said nobody. It, it was a quote. I said, nobody ever lost their job for being more energy efficient, but they sure have lost their job for the data center being down. So that will right there sums it up. Yes, we need some more energy efficient solutions for the data center, but resiliency has to be, is right now, work, work, education and a lot of things that the OCP is doing to set the standardizations for bringing those kind of new technologies into the data center and and letting everyone have that warm fuzzy because they want to sleep at night. Nobody wants their phone call phone going off at three o'clock in the morning because they're, the data center's down and losing their job and all that. People inherently don't like change, right? Even now you take somebody through, yeah. you through a data center and they expect it to be like a meat locker when you walk in and but that's not necessarily the most efficient thing in the world. It's not necessarily, you don't necessarily need it to be 40 degrees, 50 degrees, even 60 degrees. When you walk in to a data center, you just want it to be cool enough to be the optimal operating environment for those, for those computers. But you, many times you're walking, the people that are in positions of power are the ones that have these preconceived notions of what these rooms need to, need to function like. And that's what's basic, what, what they're basing their, their, their decision-making process. I, agree. I think it's time for a change of gods. Uh, We've been doing it for the last 40 years the same way, expecting different results. And what you're doing, Alison, is absolutely phenomenal. You're talking about emergent cooling technology that existed for the last 30, 40 years, but it's not been really rolled out or adapted in our industry. So there's more movement now as the younger generation is coming in and there's a change of gods in some way, form or shape, where energy is actually driving uh, and and that that, that factor of conversion. With with the seven children that you have, I, I kind of heard that one of them is actually interested in this space. How about the other six? Are, are they interested? Have you guys had these conversations on the, at dinner table? Oh, yeah. They, 
they've been they've grown up to toddling around and listening to mom and dad talk about data center, data center, data center, this and that. But my kids were always so good. I would just have to put my finger up to my mouth. I was on the phone. They'd be so quiet. And uh, so uh, the only thing that they were ornery about is we go on vacation. When you have a business, you you don't you don't get to set set it off at the table. And so they were like, look, we're going to work for two hours at this table and then we're going to go have fun. That's what's going to happen today. And I remember being in Hawaii, for example, actually in Honolulu. And we were there and we had to hook up and like, what was the old dial up thing? <laughs> we're to the internet to actually send a quote and then we're going to go whale watching. And so they've the Yes, some of them are. One of my, my stepson is actually in the electrical industry. He works for a very large electrical contractor here in Dallas. So we, it has definitely rubbed off on them and I couldn't be proud for that. So the, what, what, what is the, the, I would imagine, look, I've, I've, I've had my own business as long as I've been in business. I don't know what it's like to, to, to work for, for a large company. Grass is always greener on the other side. You always like dream of this idea that the world doesn't sit on your shoulders, but at the same time, you realize you're in charge of your own destiny. So there's yeah. there's a balancing act. But I have never owned a business with with my spouse. How is that process? Is that is that is that is that difficult? Is that I, I assume that there there are pluses and minuses to to everything. But how is that how is that treated you for 27 years? Obviously, okay, because in 27 years. A lot of respect, and he's the smartest guy in the room always. He, we, we swear he can look through walls. He can walk in a data center and he can just see problems. And, he, and he's just so, um, I respect him so much. We joke around that he's the brain and I'm the brawn. I'm always pushing. I'm pushing. I always, I also always say I'm carrying around a roll of toilet paper at all times so I can wipe y'all's asses. There it is. There it is. That's the thing. All y'all's asses. Yeah. So, but, but uh, no, it, a lot of respect, a lot of counting to 10 in your hand and walking away if you don't agree. So, uh, but that's okay. We, I, I would not have wanted to do it any other way. I am blessed beyond measure to be here with that. So, so really summarize it. Would you be in agreement if I was to say that both of you have been successful because your lanes to swim in? Yes. He, again, his, I, I probably do sometimes come in his lane, just like I trip because I'm a little, little, you, you probably wouldn't guess I'm a little bit of kind of a little control freak when it comes to that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's just trying to keep everyone. And then you do, you have that whole marriage work balance that you definitely have to, to do. And, and we're both alpha personalities. So that doesn't like, but, but it, I it, think we should invite some of the children on to see how, <laughs> how they reacted to uh, yeah, that. That could be a TV series right I wonder, there. I wonder if their, their, their vision of history is, is, is the same. We should I bet you it is. We have good group of kids. We have like, they, they, they understand yeah, like you said, working for yourself is is one of the hardest, best jobs. You, you know, it, it there is definitely hills and there's definitely valleys, and we can all talk about all those. But at the end of the day, we've just been we've had more time than anyone else to. I I what I don't envy is people that have to get in a car and and commute an hour and they they get their kids up and then they don't see them until six p.m. and we we just I feel like I've been the most blessed ever as a mother. I think that at the end of the day, that's what 
I also to a certain extent, the the economy is is following the the example that you found for yourself years and years ago, right? A pandemic led led to like a great resignation, and everybody realizing that you can kind of gig economy yourself out. We've seen this trend where people are working as fractional C level execs, and and everyone is their own enterprise. So you're a trendsetter. You're clearly a trendsetter. Where the world the world has caught up to you. There we go. I'll go out saying that and going back to you. Um, encouraging the next generation. I can't get, there was this young man and he was at Data Center Worlds and he came over to the booth and he was looking in the tank and he, of course was blown away. He's like, how is that working in there? Is that really on and all this? And he's a mechanical engineer, just graduated college. And I said, I'm going out and I've got, what, what, what do we got? Like how many years do we all want to retire a little early now? So I'm like, I'm, I'm in this for maybe seven more years, guys. Okay? <laughs> but you are going to, Look back on this as a mechanical engineer. I want you to remember that I'm the OG of the DC. And the, you remember the OG of the DC who showed you immersion cooling because I guarantee this will be a major part of your mechanical engineering story if you pay attention to this right now. And so inspiring the next gen to kind of take the gauntlet and run with it. I, and I really like that. So. In your interactions with these mechanical electrical engineers and, and the younger generation that's coming to our space, are you finding out that the education that they're getting in the current educational system enough? Or is it time to reevaluate what is taught in the current educational sector? I'm going to guess that Nabil has an opinion on this, the way he's phrased that question, but go ahead, Alison. I don't know. I think that don't we go back to our own education and realize, wow, there's certain things that that you learn, but most of the real world learning, doesn't it? So, so yeah, I, I would say maybe they get the core, but I, I think that there's a lot more to be learned by just getting out there and, and doing it. And, and so I, I've been really blessed to actually talk to quite a few of them. And I work with Professor Dariji Gonifer. And he's a wonderful, wonderful man. And, and he is always encouraging all of his graduate thermal engineers to, in the industry and, and helps them. And, and I love seeing that. So because I think that's what it takes. And, and so they're messaging me all the time and saying, hey, I'm writing a thesis about immersion cooling. Can you help me? And so I've talked to a lot of them to try to say, pay attention to this. It's going to be something you're going gonna to be glad you did. What is the biggest challenge? So you're speaking to a lot of these kids. You're 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 basically at the forefront of like maybe a legacy technology that has renewed interest for 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 various reasons. What's your what's your what's the biggest challenge you found in trying to get people behind leveraging it? Whether they're young, trying to explore theoretically what's going on, or it's somebody that really would benefit from leveraging it and 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 moving in a direction that they may not have been comfortable with. Like you said, change is hard. And I think that this is a whole new form factor. I think we're, it, it's a really great time for, to be here in this space. I'm really enjoying it since I have been paying attention to it 2016 and everyone thought I was literally like cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. They literally like did not know what I was talking about 2016, 2017. And now you, you've seen it. I'm sure there's so much being spoken about immersion cooling. And I'm just, I get so excited. I don't care which, which who it is. I get excited in it. I'm, I'm, I, I love the technology. I check your egos at the door. It's why I love OCP. 
So people don't always agree with me and I get it, the open IP situation. But, uh, but yeah, it's what it's going to take. Like they say, it takes a village at this point to make a major drastic change in, like you said, Nabil, how we've been building data centers and how we be, need to build a certain portion of the data centers different. It takes a village. And right now, the village is looking pretty good. And you really, if you're paying attention to all the people who would have never talked about liquid and immersion cooling a couple of years ago, we're talking about it. It's exciting. I'm glad there is more adoption of the change and we need more of it. So besides immersion cooling, I do see that you're interested in blockchain as where, where do you think the next big break is for what's going on with Bitcoin? Somebody what's what's going on with Bitcoin? Why is it, why is crypto? I am, I have a little bit of coin (laughs) and it's not doing very good right now, but which, what do they say? Hold So that means like hold, right? That's like the, the big thing is to hold. So I, I'm not really smart enough to really give a whole perspective on it. So I did go to Vegas and go to, to blockchain crypto and, and blockchain crypto week, but it was just for me to be able to go to Vegas. Right. I assume I have to imagine it's all related, right? And obviously yeah. that's a big yeah. user of power, right? Which means that that, that environment would certainly benefit oh, yeah. from more efficient cooling. Oh, yeah. So actually, and they are, they are some of the first embracers of immersion cooling. hundred percent. They are the first guys that were using it. You guys got from guys turning their bathtub and pouring mineral oil in it in 2016 to now what we're seeing, which is a completely different, obviously. And, uh, but that I do believe that as far as from that perspective, from the crypto, and if you want me to get into it, I will, but it's a whole thing to unpack there as to why and why it matters. Overclocking and, and noise. Have you ever been in a crypto data center? You can't yeah. hear yourself think, you guys. The fans are going, the miners are running. It's, it's loud and obnoxious. You cannot hear yourself. So just from the noise perspective, immersion cooling for crypto is a perfect it's just too hot it's shoot it's too hot for air it's it's that simple yeah. it's not uh, <laughs> so bill bill gates said that 100 percent of that is based on greater fool theory and that it's not his circus it's not his digital image and it's a digital image of a monkey hmm. any any anything to add to that i don't i saw that i saw that quote i i i don't know i'm gonna reserve my right to an opinion about that i, I think um i don't know that's a good good question i'm i i don't want to you can say bill was wrong i'm not a super duper fan of bill i think bill is kind of oh, that's that puts you that's puts you in the same category <laughs> as as melinda <laughs> i'm a big fan of it. look it's tough look i, I think i think all of these uh, different technologies and uh, and all that stuff yeah that's what if you look at the 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 newspaper clippings from 1995 or 1994 the internet is just a fad yeah uh, and it's gonna fizzle out right and and look where we are today now it's a few if you go down for 30 seconds in your house, you're like, you freak out. Like, I'm on an island. I'm on a deserted island. Nobody has a landline anymore. If cell phone tower, tower goes out, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's crazy. So looking back on the last 28 years, on, on you being a mother of seven, a grandmother of more than that. Nine. Nine. Dogs. Yeah. If you could do anything, call dogs and cats and, 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 and what have you. If you could do anything different, you can go back and, and tell the younger version of Alison Bowen, anything differently, what, what would you tell her? Oh my goodness. Yeah, I actually have one. I would. So it was, it involves Rackspace. And so 
they they came and we we sold them a generator. It was a, a it's actually a gently used, just what we sensed it, a generator. And they came back and they said, hey, instead of would you guys like to get stock in our in rack space as opposed to this generator? And we said no. <laughs> and if that if I just said yes, I wouldn't be on the podcast right now. Uh- I decided to swear. Right. First of all, yeah. I have to imagine that you would still be on this podcast because you don't believe in ego, Allison. Oh, okay. So, yeah. so they're going to be too big for us. That's right. Yeah, Gary. Now, what I'm so, so, because it's those guys that were the first, they decide which Lamborghini they're going to drive tomorrow. Right. Oh, so I, I'm, yeah. So, I'm not sure it really worked out for that stock over time. So, you'd have to know the right time to have sold it. Yeah, that's true. But, or hold. No, so I feel like that was the missed, that was my missed moment, but that's okay. So anything else? No, I would not do anything else different. Honestly, it's been an awesome ride. And I just look, I look forward to, this is where I'm at now. I I think that I'm so thankful for everything that I am doing in the space for immersion cooling, because it keeps, it brings me back excited again. And I know doing this thing after 28 years, you're, you do get a little like, okay, guys, how it is. Okay. And so Whenever you can get something that you can just get really excited about again, that's that's where that's where I like to to spend a lot of my time. So, so obviously you've had a great career and and seven kids that are entering the 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 real practical life or the work life, whatever we call it these days. What advice would you give the younger generation that's potentially starting or will be starting in the next five to ten years? <sighs> It is a scary time. I probably want want my kids to. I guess there's a there's a, but it, what we used to say, working for the man, right? Work for the man as opposed to do your own thing. And I just, I think if we ever had not taken that chance to start the company, it has just brought me so much joy and so much more. Uh, yes, it's been at some point. Hold on to your pants because it's a wild ride. But yeah, I think that we should make it to where we're encouraging them to start businesses because that's what the U.S. is all about, about starting and and the American dream and being able to get there. And it's very hard to do that if you're kind of working the nine to five and very limited opportunities, I think. So, yep, I think I I would encourage my kids to do go out there and take that chance. I, I really would, because at the end of the day, it's the best decision we ever made. So Outstanding. Allison, this has been absolutely phenomenal. Thank you very much for taking the time to join us and being one of the Nomad Futurist advocates. She'll be our first Nomad Futurist ambassadress. I love it. Thank you so much. I love it, guys. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. This has been great. Nothing lasts forever. Markets will come back. Currencies will rebound. Businesses will go on. And we'll all move on. That could happen next week, next month, or next year. I'm confident that those who prepare rather than panic will come out of this stronger. Thank you for joining us. This has been brought to you by Nomad Futurist. Check us online at nomadfuturist.com.